Welcome to Podcast 99. Today is another Survivor story. Uh, I'm Ryan Lichten, by the way. But it's not a new Survivor. This is Andy, one of our most popular Survivors without a doubt. The one with the best memory. The one with the the carefully taken like journal of everything that you did while you were there. But you're back because it's we felt it's worth having someone that was there discuss their thoughts on the documentary. But also you went to Woodstock 94, which got a lot of love in that HBO documentary. Too much love. Too much love. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I want to talk about that, but just right off the bat, what did you think of the movie, man? You know, uh, because when I was coming on here, I decided to watch the documentary a second time. I really think they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, there are some, uh, at, at first watching, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But then when you watch it a second time, you really see nuances in this documentary that they nailed. And it's thoughts that I had, and, and I'm like, oh, they did cover this. Right. But like, like for instance, like what what would be just just like one out right off the bat? Because I had seen like most of that footage before, you know. Yes, yeah, we've seen a lot of it. Um, I can't come up with anything, but I know once we start talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on some points that that where they nailed it. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So the whole thing with that documentary and why I really wanted to have you come back is because of the 94 thing, and they yes. really romanticized that. They made it seem like that was. Like that's how it should be done. But I remember talking to you, and yes, it exactly. was it wasn't not Man, so. In that documentary, they they take the greatest moments, uh, and they show Dolores O'Riordan, twenty four year old Dolores O'Riordan, lilting across the stage, singing yeah. her, her biggest hits, uh, or their biggest hits, and. You know, Woodstock 94 was a mess. It was when we showed up to 94, we we went to the camp, to the site and they directed us away. And they said, "No, you got to go park up north. Go that way." And they told us ultimately Albany. So Albany for people who are in LA, it would be like trying to go to the Staples Center and they say, "Hey, go park in Calabasas." <laughs> Not only that. Oh man. Go park in Calabasas and then stand around for 6 hours. And then you will be bussed in. And when we got to the campsite, they just you just got out of the bus. And it was like it was nighttime by that time. And it was where do you go? I don't know. Now did they have a pre show like like ninety nine yes. did? did uh, it was almost unofficial. Like officially if you look the um, it was a Saturday Sunday concert, but they did book a bunch of bands on that Friday. And I looked up uh, what those bands were and they are it's nothing really Major like Delamitri King's X. Cheryl Crow was oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought Cheryl Crow like actually had like a, a slot slot yeah like, well that, okay so that was Friday now as far as I remember it was Saturday Sunday they must have added Friday it's what's well, been twenty five years yeah That's even longer than ninety nine yeah. and I'm still just digging just clawing my way through the mud but you so, know the, the thing is though is that. Even just then, it's like, you know, well, Cheryl Crow was there. She was at 99, too. But it just seems different at 94. Yes. Like, you know, and that's how they really wanted to make it seem in the movie. But like you said already, you know, just getting there, it was still a problem, just like it was with all the others. 
the the bands weren't as good uh the bands were a lot better in 99 uh getting there was bad they made us buy script which is they made us turn in our money and get fake money to spend there now i found out after the fact that people were accepting real money but <laughs> dummy young me had no idea right now, now yeah, you don't want to cause a fuss right i know with the way the world works now if i hand a 20 dollar bill for someone to someone they're gonna yeah here have your pizza yeah exactly now you know as far as like the crowd and stuff obviously it's you know at 94 it wasn't necessarily like the 99 thing with like the super aggro no not at all gnarliness like was there more of like the hippie vibe and how did that like most was that was that for the better or for the worse well i really if if you go out on the web and look up the acts on woodstock 94 you're like wow it's kind of boring. I mean, they started with Joe Cocker on Saturday afternoon, and then it went into Blind Melon. And then uh, there was Cypress Hill, which is uh, a younger thing, and, and then the Rollins Band, which was harder. But then they go into Melissa Etheridge, and then Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And then finally, after the rain, Nine Inch Nails, and Nine Inch Nails blew it away. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the most iconic performances in filmed music yes (laughs) you know what i mean without a doubt which is crazy but again not really any problems in the 99 sense but what were the problems at 94 that like are kind of glossed over there is it's so hard to describe this but the mud once it rained was just awful and imagine taking a step and almost falling every single time and that until you got to a place where there were less people you were almost slipping and falling continually if you were trying to get somewhere, say to the bathroom, say to, to a place to get water, to get food. And and that really, the rain really did a number on, on the whole event. And you saw it with uh, Green Day. They were throwing, right. and I mean, that was kind of fun, but it was... It's remember, you know what? It's like with the Green Day thing. I always feel like it's fun for us. Yeah, it probably wasn't that fun for them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you can yeah. kind of tell the Billy Joe Armstrong's getting a little uh, not that stoked on it. And didn't the, the end. bass player get his? He he like got tackled and got teeth knocked out because he was covered in mud and they didn't know who was who. Oh my god! And and so there was all of that. That's like a good way to sneak into any Woodstock is just cover yourself in mud and either no one wants to deal with you or they think you've already been inside. (laughs) So uh, I went to 94 because I loved Woodstock 69. I loved everything about it. Now, looking back, and they touch on this in the documentary, Woodstock 69 was a bit of a mess also. I mean, the acts, I don't know how much you know about Woodstock 69, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, and we we covered it early on. But, yeah, there was death. There was all sorts of logistical problems. Lots of people getting really sick. You know, the the overcrowding. All the problems that all the other ones had. And everything started late in Woodstock 69. Woodstock 69, everything started late. I, I don't know if there was camping. It was it was also kind of a mess. Woodstock '94 was a step better, but the parking thing was awful. The mud was awful, which they can't control. Um, but everyone like thinks like like the yes. mud is what makes a Woodstock, and we see that in '99 happen when like where it's forced, and then it's just like well fuck it, poop will do. Yes, but like you know in '94 it's like that's when the mud became really iconic. But you heard it here first, folks. It was fucking miserable. Yes, it was. It was a lot more, more miserable than they make it out to be in this documentary. And unfortunately, so uh, because of that situation, we left Sunday morning. Another thing with Woodstock 94 briefly is they made you buy two tickets. They forced you to buy two tickets for whatever weird like not reason. Even, not, not like two tickets as in like one for each day, but like two passes to the whole thing. You had to buy two tickets, two passes for the whole thing. Why? For what I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't so, know. And, and who did you go with? I remember that was kind of like an interesting thing. So um, 
I found someone on AOL. I typed in, <laughs> hey, I have an extra ticket. He lived in Buffalo. I met him in Buffalo. We drove to the, the venue. Uh, we set up camp. He, he was a fine guy. No problems there, except you still talk to him. No, (laughs) (laughs) he lost Lost him in the mud. And then on Sunday morning, he said, "Let's go." And me, being the nice Midwestern guy, I acquiesced, and we we left. And that made me go to Woodstock '99, at least. Right? Yeah, because you know what 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 might have been. Yes, exactly. Except you know what's so funny? It's like so we've talked to so many people that left Woodstock '99 on Sunday or like. Sunday morning or even yes. Saturday night after they saw like the main acts they wanted to and then they totally missed all the shit it's like you had the opposite yeah. thing like if you would have stayed at 94 you would have gotten you know your fill you would have seen more music that would have been it yes. and yeah, then you would have gone to bed you know what I mean and then maybe you would have gone to 99 yeah. maybe not but the but then you stay the whole time and then look what fucking happens yes yes great point yeah you know so it Overall, though, like you being someone that that was at 99, did you feel that this that the HBO documentary harped like too much on one thing or did you feel it was pretty even keeled and like, you know, a- accurate, so to speak? Well, you know, that that John sure I'm surprised Ooh. he was <laughs> he even did the interview. I mean, that's that's the description of OK Boomer, that man. And yeah, I mean, and, and also not, just like the showbiz scumbag pinky yes, ring motherfucker. You yes, know? he did not step down. He has the same views as he has in 99. It's like he hasn't grown and he and he backs it up. And what was interesting is seeing those uh, press conferences. And he was he was upset. If you right. if you challenged him, he was like, no. And that's right. Well, and you have Lang, you know, the the other, you know, big wig of the whole thing who kind of like backs away from all that yes. so i feel like they yeah. were kind of balancing each other out yes but neither one admitting any fault period and you got that in the documentary like well Cher doubles down and says that the women were asking for it yeah like essentially you have lang who just still Awful. like doesn't really want to admit like he's like no people had a good time yeah like, let's not forget that you know totally glossing over it but i feel like you can tell the story of the hundreds of thousands of people that had a great time and still completely acknowledge those that didn't yes you know I don't think one's worth crossing out to raise the other up. What's really difficult to do is take your mind back to the culture that's going on in 1999. And that's hard to show. You saw it in the documentary. You saw those positions of power yelling at the reporters. Nowadays, that probably would not happen. There would probably oh, be... Oh, no, no. It'd be damage control yes, all the way totally. up. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk... They, one of the things they bring up is garbage. Well, there's... Boy, the guy who asked the question, if you're there at 99, there was no way they were going to get on top of that garbage, even if they had more people. But John, sure, that upset him. And he was like, you come up, I'll pay you $1,000 an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, jeez. Yeah, no, and I, I love that guy, too, because he's, you know, but I mean, again, though, yes, it's a whole different monster, you know, but the guy did have a point mm-hmm. saying that, look, you can clean a fucking football stadium in a night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like this is just like a couple football stadiums. So you hire a couple stadiums worth of people to do it. You know what I mean? See, you but, know, you don't know. You yeah, weren't there. I, I, know, I know. I know. I know. So, I'm like, I want to like, I want to get to the bottom of it. I was walking. I, it got to the point after the very first day, I was walking on bottles that were someone, people would throw their bottles on the ground, but they'd leave the cap on. So then you're, you're like almost breaking your ankle on these bottles that are full of air or water. So I consciously would when i would get rid of my bottle i would take the cap off 
before you toss it on the <laughs> yeah. ground. Before I tossed it on the ground. Because, well, I mean, you know, in, in uh, Andy's defense here, it's not like there was trash cans for you to put them in it anyways. Well, and if you remember of the 200 pictures that I gave you, there oh, yeah. is a picture of a couple pictures of the trash cans beyond full. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you have a, a lot of amazing uh, pictures that, like, one of my favorites besides the trash can is uh, the one of just, like, the signs of, of oh, all the different go? things to go. Yeah. yeah. And it's literally like a joke. It's like something you'd see like in line at Splash Mountain where it's like yeah. this way to Whisper and Falls, yeah. this way to blah, blah, blah. And it just like doesn't stop. There's like a million. But, you know, again, I, I feel like now that everyone's looking back on it, I feel mm-hmm. like people like you are such like a valuable resource because it's like you fucking went and you remember everything. Like you're not going to walk away with the same kind of rhetoric that everyone else has and I yes. feel like the journalists all kind of have this collective consciousness thing you know when reporting it because it's just a lot easier to talk about it like just you know on like blank face and just be like yep like it, it was bad for these reasons and you all talk about the same thing because it's like the most sensational what if it bleeds it leads yes but there is more to it than that and I feel like that's the shit that's getting left out in the mainstream coverage of it yeah now even 20 years later well and speaking of 20 years later we see Moby in this thing and he's right. a highlight now uh, i think they should have put some sort of warning before moby <laughs> came on screen because yeah, moby, moby has warning. these these tattoos that weren't there just a few <laughs> years ago he has facial and and big arm to he's like have, a nascar I, actually out on my instagram i have a picture with moby in from oh. 2017 and we, we kind of look a lot alike and he even <laughs> makes a comment he takes off his glasses when we take a picture together but in 2017 he had no facial or neck tattoos and then all of a sudden we see Moby for the first time in years and he's I got like Times New Roman text yes, like yeah, all over yeah. him like he's literally like like got like he's like Microsoft Word yes. like it's in, it's insanity I, I had no idea that's the way Moby looks <laughs> nowadays it was shocked yeah you were shocked and appalled but he those the videos of him, I, I really think he was kidding around about that plywood board, about, hey, my name's not on the oh, plywood board. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's It comes you, off really, really serious? pretentious. Yeah, to yeah. Like, you know, and like, I mean, hey, I've been in bands, like, I mean, fuck, like, even just doing the fucking podcast, like, or doing, like, any sure. of the comedy stuff I've done, like, if your name's not on the flyer, you kind of don't want to fucking play, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, even on the smallest, no one gives a shit level, like, you still, like, like why did I get left off? Yes. You know what I mean? And he's fucking headlining one of the stages, like... Well, he, all, was, like emerging, other... he was emerging artist. Well, See, I think Moby was still kind of new in 99. He had just played. See, because I out. heard that, like, or, or what I understood was that it was the rave, and he was he was the headliner of the rave Friday okay. night. Saturday night was Fatboy Slim. Then the headliner the last night was supposed to be um, Perry Farrell DJing, and that didn't happen. He took okay. off. So, but, like, another thing with, with, with Moby is, like, he makes it seem like he had it all figured out. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. dude, you didn't, you even said you didn't want to walk around because you didn't want to be a part of any of this shit. You're making fun of the fact that you didn't know who a lot of those fucking bands were right then. Yes. So for you to sit there and say that on, on site, you knew that this was going to go bad when you're playing at a fucking rave, which yeah. by everything that I've heard from everyone that did go to the rave was just a rave like anyone, any other one would be. Nothing special. Yeah. So it's like you never even got any of the 99 vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he but, was in a trailer. But he wants to be on the right side of history. Right. There you go. Yeah. 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 I think a lot more people know Moby now than in 99. Oh, absolutely. He didn't have his big his yeah. big hits yet or, or anything like that cuz yeah. he was still doing DJ shit and like pro- yes. like producing. He wasn't like the the singer type, you know. 
But yeah, no, and yeah, his, his fucking tattoos. But again, yeah, his, his shit just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because like he wasn't gonna give that shit any credit at all. Period, because he's too cool. But he's well spoken, isn't he? Well, he's yeah, a good talking I mean, head. Th- that's why he's in every fucking music documentary yes. <laughs> ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's in like I think he's in American Hardcore. I think he's in like Punk Attitude. I mean, he's in a bunch. You know, and there's been disputed things like where he said that he's played in certain bands that like punk historians will swear up and down that isn't true. Yeah. But you know, things get lost in time, so who, who really knows? <laughs> so it, you know, I heard someone say there should have been more fans in this documentary, but I don't necessarily agree. Uh, I think we needed more people like Moby, who was well-spoken, and like uh, Dave Mustaine is well-spoken. Yeah. Well I mean, to be that successful in a band, you have to be intelligent, and you have to be able to speak on camera, and that's what we've seen. I mean, I I would have never expected Dave Mustaine to be that well-spoken, but he's he's great. Right. He's intelligent, and he has good points. Well, he's one of those, like, smart metalhead guys. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Like, I Even mean, his music, dude, Megadeth. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the fucking rush of thrash metal. You know what I mean? It's like he's on that prog kind of tip yes. with that stuff. But, yeah, and then Jewel was another great one. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I would have liked to have seen Sheryl Crow, but instead they used the archival footage for that. Well, this is something I wanted to talk to you about. And I didn't hear you mention it in any of your podcasts, and I can't believe I didn't realize it, but there was one female per day. Yeah. And, no, no, and no, we I did. That's okay. why we call them the okay. queens of Woodstock. Okay. Because it's like, it was so fucking obvious. And of course, Jewel got a legend episode. But yeah, it's like Sheryl Crow, Alanis, Jewel. And like, that was good enough. Like, it's like, okay, like, Well, fine. you know, I, I do- took a little bit of a dive on it, and I said to myself, who else during that time would be uh, appropriate for uh, Woodstock 99. And it's not Christina Aguilera. It's not no. Celine Dion. I mean... No, but, but you know, Lilith Fair was happening at that time. Yes. And any of the headliners at Lilith... I mean, fuck, dude. Melissa Etheridge played at Woodstock 94. She could have fucking done it. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, You know definitely. what I mean? Uh, fucking get, like, a- any of that shit. I mean, and there was, like, a lot of fucking big female rappers coming up at that time, too. Oh, you know that would have I mean? been... Yeah, that would have been really... Uh, for... Thinking ahead to have a female rapper there. Yeah, I, I mean, Missy Elliott it. played at a fucking Lilith Fair, but not at Woodstock oh, '99. You know what I mean? That would have been perfect. It, it, yeah, I mean, it could have been Lil Kim. It could have been fucking dude. Lauren Hill could have fucking done it. Now, the Fugees could have played. I mean, like, there's uh, a billion acts that could have been there. Now, yeah. are we looking back on this? Yeah, the Fugees instead of just Wyclef, by the way. Instead of just Wyclef, yeah. yes. Uh, are we looking back on this with rose-colored glasses? Because I, I can say that I would have much rather. I, I should have been at that DMX show. I didn't know enough right. at that time in 99. All I knew is that he was rap and that wasn't my scene. So I wasn't going to go there. I was going to go watch a movie rather than DMX. Now, looking <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. See, if you had gone and seen another band, I would be like, no, man, you were doing your thing. But like going to see a fucking movie, it's like, yeah, you it was probably hot. You kind of dropped the ball on that one. Right. We were on a tarmac. It was 101. <laughs> I paid $5 for a water. Yeah. I'm going to go watch a movie. Yeah, and you know, they also, I love the thing with John Cher with the water where he's like, there was plenty of fucking free water, but we know better that it wasn't necessarily around like they want to make it out to be. Well, I disagree. I think that there was plenty of water, and I refilled my <laughs> my bottle all the time. Now, what happened was, uh, it, and it caused a lot of that mud, it was around the um, porta-potties 
Right. And then they would have um, a concrete circle and there would be spigots, probably about five spigots coming up with, with water coming out. Now, each one of those faucets were broken off and the water would just shoot in the air, but it's still, it was water constantly running. Right. We yeah. have, we did have free water every day. I would buy a new $5 bottle of water and I'd refill that. And after the day, do you think I'd that's just it. people being lazy? And that's what like really kind of kickstarts the, the whole like mythos of the Woodstock 99 water struggle is that there is just people too concerned with partying and too concerned with yeah. catching enough music to want to make the trek yeah. to these free water Laziness. stations. Cause it's not like they can put them everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? You have to fucking make an effort or you can pay for the convenience of just getting yes. one right where you want it. And I think that that like, now that you're saying that it kind of just like, it's like, again, goes back to the angsty, youth of yes. 1999 just like spoiled nothing really to like get mad about you know in in societal standards at least that's the way it's always talked about yes you know what i mean and it's like well fuck it i'm not gonna walk all the way to get that water and why is it so expensive right here god damn it you yeah, know there you go that's a great point Interesting. Uh, so i had no problem with the water at all and and i really it's i didn't like paying five dollars for water and 20 years later five dollars for water is too much yeah at the time i had a good job so i just was like oh, i need a water i'm not gonna complain about it i'm just gonna buy it uh now i can't remember bottled water what kind of a thing bottled water was in 1999 for the nation was it accepted was it still new i can't remember I, I mean, I'd like to think because I and I've seen like these bottles. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the, the Woodstock 99 branded bottle of water. Oh, yes. I'm sure that was sponsored by any of the big sure. names. And yeah. And, and I think that that comes in, you know, with this, just the mass use of plastics. It's like the plastic is super cheap to fucking produce. So it's like, what else can we put in this shit? Yeah. That, to convince people that they can't like that. It's fresher and better to get it this way than yeah. at home for free. And, you know, you have water. So you toss start talking about oh it's filtered it's it's yes. from the mountain spring yeah. that makes you think well wait is the water i'm drinking not that already and it you know slippery slope and now it's gotten to the point where like you're very encouraged to not buy bottled water yes right know? yeah but it's funny how they were reversed. really pushing yeah. it you know and, it, and i think yeah it has a lot more it doesn't even necessarily have to do with wanting to make tons of profit I mean, I mean, it does, but it also just is like, no, like you buy bottled water. Like we have that, you know yes. what I mean? Rather than like, no, there's drinking fountains like and you can get the souvenir bottle that you can fill up anytime. It's like, no, buy this. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Interesting. And like, I know, like, you know, like Evian and, and shit, like then you start getting like like the mineral waters and, the, and things sure. like that. And then it's like now you have like this hierarchy of fucking water, you know, <laughs> Where yeah. like somehow one is like the like nice stuff it's like oh i'll spring for a fiji today yeah you know what i mean but it's the fucking same shit and then don't get us started on kangen water but that's uh, a yeah. that's the zero uh anyway acidity water anyway uh what else oh i wanted to talk about you know i don't know if it, this is another culture thing in 1999 seeing a topless girl was pretty huge that was <laughs> that was a huge thing that did not happen maybe at a concert right maybe for a second but uh, nowadays it's uh, nudity is much more accepted and much more there, but it was yeah. To see and a topless also, girl is is like what? Well, and and I mean, Girls Gone Wild, you know, came mm -hmm. out in 1998. Okay, and, and so and like you know, onslaught of late night infomercials, like you know, some of the highest advertising budgets in history yes, for any direct selling those tapes because you couldn't. Yes, yeah, and so Woodstock '99, like you see that with like the pay per view, and that's why like just like the way that it was 
broadcast out to the world really made it seem like this crazy fucking debauched <laughs> thing, which in many aspects it, it was. But it's because the camera guys knew. It's like, dude, this yes. is on pay-per-view. Yes, Let's make exactly. this Girls Gone Wild. You there know, you that's it's selling like hotcakes. So, hey, we don't even need to ask them to take their tops off for the camera. We can just zoom in on the people we see like that. Sure. You know? That's a great point. That all goes together. Yeah. Uh, I didn't honestly see that many topless girls, but... I was watching movies a lot. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah you're too busy watching fucking Blue Velvet. <laughs> I, I really, I didn't like, they had a clip of a guy with, with a pass on, and they're like, hey, did you use this to get, get women? And oh. he's like, yeah, totally, dude. It seems like he's totally lying. Of yeah, course. totally, dude. Dude, because yeah. any guy that would say that <laughs> yes. didn't, ha- didn't yes. do that. Great point. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's like, that's not like, you know, I'd be like, oh, no, no. Because you wouldn't want to get it taken away. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and also, though, I mean, I, I did like, you know, yes, like the focus on the Peace Patrol and how like, yes, like they weren't doing, they were just schlubs, like basically like, you know what I mean? Hired, hired guns. And that even is a stretch, you know, and like they were doing fucking bad shit, too. There were good ones. Oh, I I'm think, sure. I you think know, I, it sounds like they lost over half of them, though. Yeah. Half of the I mean, half of the guys weren't good and just gone. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure a lot of the good ones fucking were like, fuck this. I mean, and I know for a fact once everything started going on, because I've seen the radio transcripts where they're like. You know, there's some guys like, hey, like, there's a fucking car being overturned. Should I try and stop them? They're like, walk yeah. away and everyone hide your badge and take off your Peace Patrol shirt because you might get into some fucking trouble. I have video of Peace Patrol putting out fires. Yeah. See, so that's amazing. They, so there are there are that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I've i started going through the, the some of the footage that, that, that you sent. It's fucking crazy. Like, first of all, I can't wait, like, for a day when, you know, we can share that. Uh, you know, I can't but. believe, you know, I hadn't watched it in 20 years. And I just started watching it. And I sent you a, an edited clip. I can't believe what I captured on audio. Just a guy screaming, I want my money back. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just the riot. And people are upset. And they're drunk. And yeah, because some people, you know, by the last day, they'll they're too tired. They're spent, you yes. know, and like Saturday was such like a all out banger with that last three bands on the main stage, you know, like the trifecta of the Limp Rage and Metallica. Yeah, that a lot of people, you know, that's why a lot of people left because, you know, they were like, fuck it. But then one guy that we were talking to, he said that what he noticed on Sunday was a lot of people sneaking in more so than you could sure. have noticed any other time, because by that time, the outside walls were starting to come down. Yes. So then you start seeing uh, like a whole group of people that are totally fresh faced, hadn't been there for yeah, three, good, three days. Point. Yeah. And they're ready to fucking fuck shit up. And like, we're, we're, I mean, did you I don't even think I asked you this just because now I have all this different perspective. Yeah. But like, were you able to kind of tell a difference between like, OK, these are people that have been here for three days. These are fucking people that just came in to fuck no, shit up. No, I really couldn't. But I do have also video of down in front of the main stage after everything. There are some people I interview just on the fly and they're from Rome, New York. I'm like, I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't, I didn't even think anyone from Rome would have come to this. And of course. Right. Well, so most they, of them were trying to work it or work in their businesses, well, you know, trying to make some money. It's funny you say about is there people with fresh fresh faces and stuff those people probably just came in to see the chili peppers they probably it was a younger woman and and probably her mom and her brother and they just hey let's go to woodstock the walls are down yeah we'll just walk right in <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and and like that's the whole thing and then uh, another thing that everyone keeps bringing up and again i don't i don't know if you and i talked about this but um the big surprise finale that was supposed to happen do you think that that not happening kind of 
light light the fuse a little bit or do you think by no, that point no one even gave it a didn't, shit it didn't matter what i guess i don't remember what was the surprise supposed to be it was, well no Jimmy one knew it, yeah yeah it was a Jimi hendrix tribute with like a laser light show yeah, they're yeah. gonna play the star spangled banner and it's gonna be like psh, psh, and like crazy but like when everyone's you know you're at this biggest festival ever with like you know all this money put into it people were thinking like oh it's gonna be fucking pearl jam it's yeah, gonna be yeah. uh aerosmith it's like all the people that passed on playing it you know or already had played 94 and didn't want to come back those were who people thought were going to come just to throw it back to 94 for two seconds yeah no the yeah. in 94 the rumor through the crowd was the rolling stones were going to play in 94 and obviously they didn't i don't know how but everyone knew the big surprise act in 94 was going to be the rolling stones which didn't happen now uh i think it's interesting and i've thought a lot about this and now that we've talked fleet you can hear flea saying should we play it should right. we play it now originally i thought oh is this something they're doing on the fly but obviously they had it on their set list and it was supposed to be a big tribute the tribute didn't work out and they probably knew the laser light show so he was probably saying can we play it should we play it because yeah. we're not going to do the light well, show yeah and they're starting to see fires the, from the right, stage they have too. to have their set stopped yeah so then it's like like they already know they're going to play a song called fucking fire they're the last fucking band there are fires they, their set had to be stopped and it's like should we play it should we play it it's like yeah. why didn't we learn fucking purple haze instead yeah. you know what I mean like why the fuck That's like the foxy lady anything irony of jeez yeah and, it was a it's Perfect. Well, I guess. <laughs> it's perfect. I guess. Um, I think one of your last interviews you did, um, you discussed briefly if the candles helped cause the fire or the fires would have would have happened anyway. And yeah. that's really hard to, to say. I didn't. By the time I walked back into the venue with my video camera, the fires were already raging, raging and everyone was heading towards me exiting. 90% of the crowd was exiting. 10% right. were like, woohoo. That, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize yes. is that, like, I mean, you know, 10% of 200,000 people is a lot of fucking people. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. But it by no means is it the majority. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole thing. That That's what's happening, like, in that documentary that, like, you know, I mean, not every coverage can be, like, Podcast 99 where we've, you know, because when we started this, we were thinking like that. You know uh -huh. what I mean? We're thinking all this sensational shit. The entire place was fucking crazy. But no, it was the same people that would have done some fucked up shit on day one are the people that stayed long enough to do it on day three. It wasn't anyone so in between. let's get into that. Who caused the riots? Now, John Schur says the concert... <laughs> Yeah. Limp Biscuit on Saturday caused the riots on Sunday. No. Yeah, 24 hours <laughs> yeah. later. Literally yeah. over 24 hours yeah. later because Chili Peppers was the last <laughs> band. And I want to stress this 24 hours thing because that's a long time. That's a lot of t And there was multiple other bands that same night, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, that, that Saturday night. So... Like, you have all these people. Yeah, they might have been so riled up to do that shit during Limp Bizkit, but by the time Metallica played, they're fucking done. They're spent. You know, that's why you don't see anything happening Sunday in the daytime. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. So, right. like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... For so, me, it'd be hard to say who, who would start it. I mean, well, you would know better than I would. I, You know, it took me 20 years of life and Woodstock experience to realize, and actually, Sheryl Crow in the documentary says it, and it's entitled Rich kids yeah rich white kids yeah who don't have a care in the world let's say they get arrested okay they get arrested then they get out they're the people they that fuck up their community pools in their own neighborhood yeah, there you go you know what i mean like and when i say like community pool it's like because they live in communities that have a community pool you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean yeah. so it's like it's like fuck it and like someone's gonna clean up this mess if right. i make it and i mean fuck dude i mean i'd be 
absolutely lying if I said like I like at some point in my life I wasn't like that. Like fuck, dude, me and my suburban friends going around TPing houses and stuff. Like literally our neighbors' houses, like without a fucking sure. care in the world. You know, even if we got caught, it's like, hey, whatever. You know what I mean? And I think that that's was a big mentality because if people were really really upset like at the establishment and they really wanted to take it down they would have been trying to siege the backstage yeah you know what i mean and they that wasn't the case no not at all yeah great point you know i noticed as soon as the sirens started it was everyone was like oh it's it. Yeah, party's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think people forgot that, like, yeah. what they were doing was even illegal. Right. You know what I mean? Because you get so caught up in it. And, I mean, like, uh, you know, obviously, like, and people want to make comparisons to, like, oh, like, the fucking, you know, big protests and, the, you know, that ended up with, like, looting and stuff that happened last year or, like, even, like, the thing at the Capitol. You know, people want to make these, yes. these simulations. And I don't think it's really like that because there was law enforcement all over those fucking places. Those people yeah. had an agenda, you know, that, and, like, they had a message they wanted to get across. Oh, you know, at, at both things. Like, one, obviously, way worse, you know, intention than the other. But it's, like... At, at Woodstock, I feel like it was never about that. And, yeah, once once there was cops there, it wasn't like, well, fuck authority. It was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we don't want to get arrested. Yeah. Like, and it's not worth, like, we, we don't have a message. And that no, goes back to the no message, the nothing to fight about in 1999. Not, yeah, not really. And, you know, when the cops showed up, they formed a line, and they started walking us all out. And no one was punching the cops. No one was yeah. uh, No one was causing fights or anything. We just slowly filed out, and people shouted, I want my money back, or F the pigs. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but both things, it's like, ah, I don't know what you're going to get out of that. Part of my video is you also hear, um, you hear someone start the chant, F you, I won't do what you told me. Right. And, and, but they're walking away from the cops that are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, but I'm going to do that over here. Yeah. 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 You know, and we talked to a couple of vendors that said, like, that that was, like, the war chant that they were hearing when people mm. started, like, making their way towards their well, there you go. their stands that they were, like, in charge of. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, and that's, like, a scary thing. But, again, you know, none of them really wanted to get into that much trouble. That's why, like, like there was arrests made, but very few people, like, really had you know served like penalties you know what i mean like yes. for, for that stuff like a lot of the things we saw is like dui shit sure. you know obviously the sexual assault and, yes. and you know people that were caught a lot of like drug arrests outside of the grounds sure you know we, we just talked oh, to a kid yeah, yeah. who um who lived in in rome at the time and he lived right by the base so he could hear it from yeah. his house and he would look with like binoculars and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and uh he said that like what happened was like a lot of drugs that were never in the community were introduced into the wow. community because of that because all these people from canada that came down yeah. that had access to like this ecstasy and like yeah. and even heroin you know they're like oh like there's like a whole fucking town here full of fucking people if all these people can come to this for some counterculture thing then there's people to sell drugs to in this town and they said oh, that geez. like he said the following years like the community just got ravaged by drugs you know like people being introduced to them like through this festival and all these foreign like you know outsiders unseen. coming into their town and leaving their mark and then taking off totally unseen circumstances there that 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 happened because of that that's yeah. something i never even thought of what was the effect on rome besides that burger king getting trashed Oh my god, dude! I've heard. I feel so bad for that Burger. King. I would love to talk to one of the Burger King employees. You know, uh, once more back to '94. I remember on the way out, we stopped at a, 
a roadside place like a Burger King, and there was a, someone had come from Woodstock, obviously, and there was a trail of mud to the bathroom. And <laughs> like I'm a like, body being dragged. Well, it almost looked like that, and it was just some hippie who left, and he's dragging his mud, and he's not even thinking about it. He just has to go to the bathroom. Oh, my God. But, so wait, let me ask you. Um, between the porta-potties at 99 and 94, if you have to poop and, like, gun to your head, you have to go into one I of them. I didn't poop. No, no, but if, if you did have to, <laughs> I ni- a, 90, a 94 toilet or a 99 toilet? I, I, I don't know. I didn't poop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know what the toilets look like. Were, were they cleaner in they 94? Were both, they were both awful. Yeah, unpoopable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be anywhere near that. You know what a, a weird thing? Uh, like, Well, I, I mean, they showed all this great toilet footage in that HBO documentary, but they also showed shower footage. And I was yes. like, can they show this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, at the same time, they're talking about all these women being exploited and yeah, stuff. Like, they're like, a... also, like, here's a bunch of them in the shower. Yes. Like, not even, like, that flashing was... the stage, like, knowing that they're on camera on the Megatron. That was a little weird. Yeah. I-, I was like, this is a little invasive. Yeah. You know, but then they, they lighten it up by showing a guy literally just cannonballing into poop water. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. <laughs> Because, again, you know, so much of that footage was archival and they just, you know, bought it all up. But then there was a few things that were, you know, that's why I'm excited, you know, for things to come out in the future that have more on the ground. Why do you think that is? Like, do you think that there's just not a lot of people that wanted to talk about this stuff or Uh, lost their footage or, you know, what? why there's not more footage out there, like from the people's perspective? Oh, just like uh, people like me who took. Yeah, like I mean, I know video cameras weren't like as prevalent. Obviously, no one yeah. had camera phones, was... but I mean, you'd think you'd see more of this stuff surface. I... Well, it, it's funny. Yeah, you're exactly right. I uh, I remember paying a thousand dollars for my video camera, my crummy video camera in 1998, probably. Uh, so people just didn't have access to them. The, the stuff was too expensive. Right. I mean, a thousand dollars now will buy you three nice TVs. That's true. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. And you don't even need a camera because you have one in your pocket already. And people weren't bringing cameras in. They, it just, it wasn't there. It wasn't the culture. It wasn't the thought. Yeah, it's living in the moment. You know what I mean? Because yeah, we, we talked to a guy who uh, who did bring his camera, and he's like, it's the worst dog shit photos ever. Because like, I'd be like, oh yeah, I have a camera. Like, I get a picture of this, and then it's gonna click, and then it's like people just elbow shots and like backs yeah. of people's heads, and like it wasn't the forethought to like, oh, I should film this whole thing you know people didn't have an eye for it either now with your everyone has a a decent eye of what to take a picture of and even if you watch my video it's like andy hold the camera steady my goodness what are you doing (laughs) well i'm I'm mad at myself fucking there for you know 2020 or something yeah exactly just a guy yeah yeah there's a woodstock uh, guy d9 but um you know it's but that's kind of the beauty of it too is like you know and again that's why our show folks is a good one because we have so many interviews with so many people and we've created this quilt of of what really transpired you know and while you know you can't deny the sensational shit that is always covered and is kind of the lasting legacy there was a lot more to it so looking back now and now that you've seen the documentary and all that stuff and it's fresh in your head and you've done the show and you went to our live event and you know you've unearthed your archives and watched your video if you could go back to 99 no say you had to go back to 99 what would you do differently if anything i would see more bands definitely um i'd be uh i don't want to see better prepared because i was but i would be no more what to expect i would spend less time watching movies (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I just can't believe. Like, and that's somewhat like a listeners, you know, they, they always say it's like, oh, yeah, the movie guy. Like, that's like, <laughs> no, and, someone, and you ate a lot, too. <laughs> someone else uh, that you interviewed said that they went and they watched movies, too. I can't remember. It was recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron, I believe. But I think he was using it more as like a nap space. Yes. Well, yeah. I definitely. But I mean, but that's every what single you would do, time. Yeah. I was watching a movie. I did fall asleep too. It was nice in there. There was there was no <laughs> there was no sun. Take me back it to the movie tent. Dark. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, can you cut all this out? Um, <laughs> I would definitely see acts like DMX. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I would see. Let's see. Well, like fucking. I mean, you know who I'd like to see in a documentary? And fucking mark my words, folks. I'm making the prediction. I bet you they will be in something about it because they have to be but icp you know like mm. like they're they were used yeah. in that in that hbo one as like a punching bag just like you know like limp biscuit was and stuff but it's like no one's talking to these guys and you know what like well everyone's always like why doesn't fred durst want to do any of this stuff or be in any yeah because you know why because he's fucking over it yeah you know what i mean like they just played at Lollapalooza, and it was like suit it was like a great kind of comeback i mean they never went anywhere they still tour around the world and played giant shows headline festivals but to do one like Lollapalooza was it like right after the woodstock 99 yeah. documentary comes out and totally re-demonizes them Jeez. but everyone had a fucking great time and a lot of those fucking kids were not into limp biscuit back when they were around because they weren't born yet well what could what benefit is fred durst get from being on a woodstock 99 video besides getting a bunch of crap for it yeah no matter what he says yeah uh, the guy from uh corn i thought was great yeah uh, that was Davis, a great yeah. that was a highlight of of the interviews uh, and their set is like one of, one of just like the fucking highlight sets ever but yeah he and, and i always like hearing from the guys in like the kind of harder bands anyways you know what i mean just a because you don't expect them to have so much to say and they yes. usually do you know what i mean like you said with dave mustaine you know yeah. what i mean and also it's like you know, when they watch their setback, they get to rewatch themselves with like the fucking craziest yeah. crowd ever. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like they're, you know, one of the daytime bands where they're rewatching. It's like, yeah, there's a million people there, but they're all like dying. Yeah. You know, uh, you look at something like the culture around 1999 and someone like Kid Rock, that could be its own documentary right there. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh my goodness, he was saying this stuff from stage. Like, I looked at him at that time as too rap for me kind of a joke uh, I don't now know. it's just kind of a joke <laughs> yeah i guess because <laughs> he's all yeah he's all country chinette. but it's funny yeah. too because it's like the way that he was then it's like he's a hundred percent like that now but without like the really hip-hop influence to it you know what i mean like but people loved him didn't they in 99 i mean he won our our award for best in show you know overall you it's like be, like not necessarily because we thought he was so fucking good and so talented i mean the set is really solid but it's because it's like the most 99 thing you know like talking yeah. about bill clinton and yeah you know grabbing his dick and fucking like all that shit it's just like dude this is this encapsulates it like it's, people like to talk about limb biscuit being the 99 band dude i think kid rock is a perfect example what did you think of offspring uh smashing the the in sync guys uh, oh yeah well it's like dude that makes fucking total fucking sense to me you know what i mean with but, that crowd but yeah. again it goes back to this fucking hypocrisy of the fucking youth like now and at that time where it's like 
they want to act like MTV is fucking ruining culture because they're fucking putting on all this bubblegum pop bullshit. It's like, yeah, but you're only sitting through that to get to your favorite band's yeah. video on the same fucking show. Yeah. It's like MTV is not some like cool thing that only like certain people know about. It's like the yeah. biggest outlet for entertainment, you know, for youth ever. And like, I think that for Osprey to come out and do that, it makes total sense. But I think that a lot of people in the crowd took that shit like, really to heart like that like sure. meant something to them and like there's that interview footage with that guy on the grounds where he's like I fucking hate that shit yes yeah like, it's like dude again you're only having to sit through that to get to your favorite video well here here's another thing about that time in 1999 mtv was our cultural to totem yeah mtv was our cultural totem it's where we went for everything it's where we went for our music news that and rolling stone now we have so many outlets to get our news from or just listen to music whatever complex complex.com yeah. there was all we had was mtv growing up in that whole gen x it was shoved at us and then all of a sudden they changed to in sync and britney and right uh tiffany and all of a sudden our mtv is not ours anymore now it belongs to yeah yeah but don't you think that just that that's just like aging out of it yeah, but you know we what don't I mean? Know, we're dumb. We didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, we were exactly. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't we realize don't, it. You yeah, don't realize it's like, no. oh yeah, MTV is for fucking teenagers. That was the whole point. It took you know me what I mean? until thirty-five to realize, hey, they're not marketing stuff to me anymore. And <laughs> I, I, all of Jersey Shore doesn't. Uh... Well, it, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I realized, oh, they're not these. Some of these commercials are not for me. And all my life, everything was pushed at me through right. TV and radio. And then all of a sudden, I aged out, and that's really hard to deal with. I remember, you know, years ago, there was this old Vice magazine, like, article. It was, like, how to dress over the age of blah, blah, blah. And it was, like, if you're over the age of 30, stop wearing band shirts. No one cares what you listen to, <laughs> you know? Yes. And it's, like, that kind of applies to this MTV thing. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think it makes total sense for, like, Offspring to come out and do that. A, because it would get the crowd hype. B, it's kind of a silly thing because Offspring also had the moment where they tell everyone, like, hey, fucking take it easy on the girls. That's not, yes. that's not cool. You know, so it's, like, you know that they're conscious of this stuff. They're not just, like bashing this shit because they're like so stupid that it's like they're cavemen it's like you're not like me I'm going to bash you it's not like that it's a fucking parody you yes. know what I mean yeah. like and again it's like they're on Total Request Live just like the Backstreet yeah. Boys and NSYNC are like yeah. it's not really like they're competing like now if Offspring had like say you know did like have like a Blink-182 thing like then it would seem more of like oh band rivalry shit this is like so right. silly yes. you know what I mean this yeah. is like they're like blow up dolls up there it's it's yeah. it's silly you know so yeah I mean I, I thought that that was just one of the goofier things but I think that the way it's framed in that documentary makes it seem like oh look look at this bro yeah. shit like they hate boy bands that makes them fucking like these machismo dickheads and it's like everyone fucking hated that shit unless you were like 14 or like 12 to 14 years old you know yes you know, it's interesting when I went to 99, it, it was a bunch of white guys and it wasn't very culturally diverse at all. Now being in LA and, and the culture is, is so much different at the time. I didn't really notice it now watching that. All I see is, Oh my goodness. It's just white culture, young white yeah. male. And that's who they were, I guess, marketing to. Cause that's who showed up. 
Right. And I mean, even when you, you know, you have art, like artists that aren't like white, you know what I mean? Like, like your DMX and stuff. You just yeah. see like a sea of white dudes like screaming along every word. And I mean, every word. Yeah. So I, it's like nowadays it's like, it, it reminds me. And I, I mean, we probably talked about this like long ago when we covered DMX, but it reminds me of this Kendrick Lamar concert where he brings up a girl on stage and it, it's a white chick. And he's like, Oh yeah, you're going to sing this song with me. And she drops the end bomb. Like, cause it's in the song. And he like stops. He's like, look like every word except that yeah, one yeah, duh yeah you know and it's like but back then it's like it just didn't even bat an eyebrow it was weird i i couldn't have i couldn't have sung it i, I well, wanted to... could, well you wouldn't have probably known the words yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean Great and, point. You know, and it's like it's just silly but again it's like you know it's this just the the dominance of the culture it's like well no i mean it's like i know that that's like a bad word for me to say but like fuck it like i'm at woodstock 99 he's performing for us we fucking watch mtv like it's it's the it's the entitlement it's the privilege it's, yes you know that goes into it it's like we own all of this that's happening you know what i mean now have you ever been to coach Hell? yeah Okay, so how does that? I know I try to compare it to ninety nine Woodstock ninety nine or a Woodstock and Coachella. Well, I mean they got the formula down, and that was something they fucking did in that documentary too. They did a lot of fucking you know dick sucking on Coachella, like <laughs> making it like like oh like but now we're so lucky to have fucking this because of this, and it's like because yeah. you know but Coachella had the very first one in ninety nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just months later, so it's not like that. It's just a different fucking thing. You know, and like, yeah, when you're there, it's like you, everything looks so nice that you accept how expensive everything is. And you're like, wow, maybe the $400 was worth it. Yeah. You know, or now, now it's more because it's like, look at this vast expanse of this crazy, you know, huge installation art. And there's a million stages to go to, you know, and it's all the biggest things. And, and there is water available everywhere and there's bathrooms and everything's like taken care of, but you pay for that. You know what I mean? And it, and it comes out that way. And also it's like, you know, what the guy was saying in the fucking doc where he's like, it's kind of like this thing now where you just go to it to go, you know? And yeah. like people would talk about like that with, with Woodstock 99 too, where it's like, well, it's Woodstock and that's more appealing than the lineup itself to a lot of folks, you know, where yes. it's like, I just want to be part of this with that's Coachella. Went, it yeah. sells out before the lineups are announced. Really interesting. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. Right. Like pre-sound stuff because like people just assume it's, it's going to be this thing. And no matter what we get, it'll be this, you know? Yeah. And then now they have two weekends and people are already, it's like, fuck man. It's, it's just like crazy, but it's become this monster machine and we have failures like Woodstock 99 to look back at and use as a template of what not to do but that's we don't have one because the other happened Mm -hmm. you know that's how I feel about it well one of the interesting things about 99 that I really liked was the parking situation and there was (laughs) there was plenty of parking and I got say what you want about Woodstock 99 they had good parking I I got there early enough to know that I was gonna have I wouldn't have to drive 30 minutes away to park Right, well, because you had that awful 94 experience. And now, like, so were you shuttle bussed in in 94? Yeah. Was it, like, like, what kind of buses were they? Were they, like... School bus. (laughs) Yeah. So So you showed up. uh, I I don't even know how I found my car after the weekend, but we went up to Albany, which was about 30, 40 miles away, and you parked... We parked in a bank parking lot with a thousand other cars, and then you just kind of followed everyone who was walking to where we knew the buses were going <laughs> to be hoping. Yeah. And there was a big line and it was, took six hours and everyone got more and more upset and <laughs> we finally got on those buses and then we were unloaded to, there you go. Yeah. To <laughs> fucking mud hell. So, I, okay. Let's just put it down. 
what one was better for you? 99. 99? Yeah. yeah. It's just um, better in so many ways. Just better bands, better layout, better uh, camping situation. I mean, you you mentioned those signs, but at least they at least I had a better At least there map. were signs. Yeah, and uh, and I kind of there was roadways like where they named it Springsteen Drive and you knew if you went down Springsteen Drive and took a right uh, you would you would be at your campsite now. Unfortunately, those signs were pulled down uh, probably Saturday for, right. for souvenir hunters. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but I mean, just like still, everything else, you yeah. knew kind of where you were. So uh, it was nice to have little walkways and roadways and and uh, that kind of thing. And they really touted the wall before um, before '99. They touted the wall. They said they were going to have security, almost like uh, on parapets on oh each one <laughs> obviously that didn't happen uh and the, and they were really uh touting how secure it would be and obviously yeah and isn't it funny too that they were so excited about the wall they wanted everyone to know about it but all the artwork faced uh outside oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like it's like yeah that's only good for the people you're trying to keep out that sounds about right you know what i mean because yeah. on the inside like you're looking at the back side of that shit yeah which is so fucking silly and yeah we've been talking to more and more people that have pieces of it i will have a piece of that wall one day i can't remember uh if i told you uh someone at the end of 99 uh was having people just sign his little piece of the wall and he was probably a local and it was just right. the size of uh, a notebook and i remember signing it who knows where that ended yeah but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i just like to think about all of the well you know it's like i've bought so much shit off ebay and yeah. like i noticed like there will be someone selling, like, for years, like, the same packet of stuff. Like, oh, here's some keychains and stickers and stuff, and it all comes in this packet. And yeah, then, like, you what? go to, like, the quantity available, and it's, like, they, they, they have so much. And, like, the way I know it's authentic is, A, who's fucking bootlegging Woodstock right. 99 no. merch? Yeah. It's not, that like, no popular enough for that. No one. You know, if it was, like, anything else. Like, if it was, again, original Woodstock merch, maybe. But also, um, one of the things is a keychain with a condom in it, yeah. and those condoms inside those keychains, the ones that I have, expired in like O two, right. they have, O yeah, one. So I'm yeah. like, there's my fucking yeah, providence right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, as we say in the artifact uh, collecting world, when you're talking about having your own camera there and filming all that stuff, and you ju you just just mentioned, you know, uh, you know, uh, on our little aside break here, that if cell phone culture was around would that have happened what do you think because i think no i don't think it would have gotten as bad i mean people might have looted and rioted and you would have been seeing way more footage of it but as yes. far as some of the like you know sexual stuff assaults, and yeah. all that no. i don't think so because more i mean first of all the, the women that felt comfortable enough to you know take their clothes off or, or you know take their shirt off or, or what have you they would have been more conscious of the fact that, hey, someone might post this. Yes, you know what definitely. I mean? And also, yeah, and, and that's the Girls Gone Wild effect. You know, like that seemed fun and innocent before the Internet really took off. And then the early 2000s, that's when you start seeing the lawsuits come in from Girls Gone Wild and, and stuff like that. Because it's like, oh, shit, like I didn't think that this was going to go all the fuck over the place. Right. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how it is now. And I feel like one of the positive things of that is that. You know, sexuality has been put back into the hands of the people, and now you have like OnlyFans yes. and the rise of Instagram models and and things like that, where it's like, well, I'm comfortable enough, but no one else is going to exploit this. I'm going to use it to my own right. benefit. Where you know, and but in '99, I, I feel like it was like, well, no one's going to see this. Fuck it. You know what I mean? But right. Um, I when I was taking pictures and uh, filming at the end, I only had my video camera out at on during the riots, just by chance. Um, I never felt in danger of anyone taking my cameras 
or uh, uh, telling me to stop filming or anything. Right. Um, I think the having cell, if there were cell phones, it would have definitely held people more accountable. And um, I actually have uh, on my video, uh, there are a couple of people who p- approach me and they say, hey, I want a copy of that. <laughs> and they said, can you get me a copy? And I, I kind of uh, push them off verbally and say, oh, just give me your card or whatever. I don't have any of that. Give I think, me your card. I think I <laughs> yeah, you're exchanging they, business yeah. cards at Woodstock 99. I think, uh, I think I purposely threw those cards and addresses away. I only got a handful. Like of people saying, but that's still a fucking lot. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and also, could... like, let me get a copy of that, and having no yeah. fucking idea <laughs> what you've been up to or what yeah. you've been filming, or even if they're in it. Like, that's yeah. bizarre. but I mean, again, that cell phone culture thing. It's like they don't have that. You did. Mm-hmm. You know yes. what I mean? So it's like anything is better than nothing. Yes. And you know, I, like even with the pay per view, like not that many people watched it, so there really was like a big a, like go. anonymity thing going on yeah. that you know led to a lot of fucking bad behavior. Like you yeah. know, for, for every you know and that's kind of the beauty of the age before you know cell phones and social media and stuff but the yes the beauty of cell phones and social media is that well, we have sidestepped a lot of bad things from happening because people are more accountable now man they would have been live streaming facetiming like look at this look how bad this is yeah yeah <laughs> help yeah exactly yeah and instead what we get is we get we have that happen at fucking Firefest where a bunch oh, of fucking geez. rich kids are yeah. crying and it gets yeah. advertised like it's fucking Hurricane Katrina yes. you know what i mean and it's just like well, there dude, you go it's there, like that's a great analogy the Firefest people very similar to Woodstock 99 stuff. Right. Well, and and I think with Firefest, the big difference in the way that it was, you know, the, the media grabbed onto it and everything is because it was all based around cell phone footage that the story was coming from the people being affected by the shit. So it's like, it like it's as bad as they want to make it sound. Yeah. And that's what the media latches onto. Yes. Whereas with Woodstock 99, it was coming straight from reporters that were there. Yeah. And they all experienced the same kind of things and saw the same shit. So they all kind of had this collective consciousness over how to tell the story, you know, in the most entertaining way possible. Whereas Firefest is like, well, look, these people are crying. And then once everyone yeah. kind of catches wind, yeah. once the public sees that, they're like, they're just fucking bitching. This is a big joke, you know, but Woodstock 99, no one's really laughing. No, no. Most of the people I interviewed with my camera uh, were disgusted with what was going on. And the people who I tried to interview who were maybe uh, rabble rousers weren't uh, they weren't like self-aware enough to realize I had a camera on them. Like right. they were just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just t- trying to get their get their uh, looted denim jackets or <laughs> or button up baseball tees or or what have you. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and again, it's like, I, I'm so glad that you, you came back because I'm sure, you know, more and more memories get, get stirred up. Also, uh, Andy gave us these great aerial shots of the grounds that I'm going to be uploading to our Patreon folks. So make sure you, uh, subscribe to see those. But, uh, Andy, I mean, hey, you... the Patreon's great. Man, oh, you, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, there's so much extra stuff on there. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah. They, they, we, we try. You know what I mean? I was, I was almost going to make this one uh, Patreon exclusive, but uh, it's a pretty good talk. So I think we'll, All right. I, th- I think, I think you made the cut once again. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Why don't you tell us your Instagram oh, or uh, anything audio else? Audio Andy. The, the Audio Andy on, uh, on Instagram. You can find me there. Yeah. You can ask him uh, more, uh, you know, any questions, any questions? I might have missed in the now twice that I've, <laughs> I've sat down with you. And yes, our Patreon is patreon.com slash culture dumps. If you went to worked at or played Woodstock 99, contact us at podcast99official at gmail.com or on Instagram at podcast99. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I will see you at Woodstock.